Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and I, I just need to know how many of you are surprised that we're here on a Monday. Listen, you would think that I'd have full capacity to turn these episodes around since I don't have a traditional full-time job anymore, but can I tell you what I've learned? And this just, I guess it's been about a year where I've shifted over to contract work and um, working on the podcast and the collective and other stuff like that. And within this year, I've learned that every time you remove something, there's something right there ready to take its spot. The discipline and overall awareness that it takes to protect time, to notice what's on your plate before adding something else to your plate, it's an art that's built over long expanses of time, over a lot of no's and a lot of yeses. And let's be honest, I'm still building because I do love to say yes. For the first time in my life, literally this month, October, I had to plan something with someone like two weeks out because my weeks were just so daggum full. And that is not a good thing, right? Like that's not a, oh, I'm so busy. No, it's not good for me. It's not healthy when we keep adding things to our plates and then we hit this wall, right? And we're like, okay, something's got to go. And so we eliminate something. We pat ourselves on the back and we're so proud of ourselves. But there is always something waiting in the wings to just just jump right in there, all right? Because honestly, this busyness makes me cranky. I'm just not my best self when I feel overwhelmed. So we're going to hit reset because we're adults and we get to course correct and to change our minds and to go a different direction. We get that choice. You get that choice. So here we are on our regular Monday, because I'm trying to reset rhythms around this place. I'll let you know how it goes. But today, we're rolling with my new friend, Stephanie Mae Wilson. She's an author, a podcast host, a coach, and just an all around encourager. And that's my kind of people. And so I think she's probably your kind of people too. We spend the next half hour or so talking about how much we want to back out of commitment when the time comes to actually execute on the commitment, how we hype ourselves up in really hard seasons, how to walk with other people who aren't going through anything that we've ever been through. Really, it's just about how to stay right where you are, even though you kind of wish you were anywhere else. There's lots that can keep you from living fully right where you are. But now's the time to equip yourself to grab hold of the fullness and keep walking. Here's my conversation with Stephanie Mae Wilson. Okay, Stephanie Mae Wilson, you're so gifted at making people feel seen, Stephanie, and making people feel appreciated and like, okay, I'm not alone in what I'm walking through. And so that's why I was like, I've got to somehow finagle a way to get you on here. So I'm so excited for today, really. Thank you so much. That is the kindest thing. I'm so encouraged and I'm so excited to be here. I love what you're doing. And I just, I love the concept of like, no one told me my life has been so changed by women going before me and Mm -hmm. encouraging me. They've figured things out the hard way and then they're passing Mm -hmm. that advice back. And that's just always been my goal. And so I just, yeah, I love this. I'm excited. Well, and it's been a big season for you. You're celebrating 10 years of sharing your life and thoughts online, which the online space is scary. Let's all just be real honest with ourselves. It is a scary space because people get real brave behind a keyboard. And so you're like, here's a vulnerable moment and you just don't ever know 
what you're going to get back. But yeah. when you think back to 10 years ago when you started, Stephanie, what was what was your hope when you first hit publish on your first blog? I think that, you know, it's a little bit of what we kind of started talking about. There's this this quote that says, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And that's just been the thing the whole time. What was I going through last week, last month, last mm-hmm. year? What are my friends going through? What are the women going through who are like a step and a half behind me in their stage of life? What are they needing right now? And what have I learned that, you know, either from experience, learned the hard way or learned from people way smarter than me telling me what I need to know that I can pass back to them to make their journey easier. And so really my my hope has been the same the whole time to just be a soft place for women to land, to get encouragement, but then also to be equipped to do the things that they want to do in the world. And there are absolutely moments that are that are discouraging and you're right, the online world is hard and scary and it there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes. Like it takes so much work to to put things out into the world. It takes so much heart. It takes so much strength. It takes so much courage. There's a lot of tears. You know, there's just so much that goes sure. into to this kind of work. I'm totally an achiever. That's, you know, mm-hmm. just part of my my wiring is that I I set big goals and I love chasing after them. And so I think when I started this work, I knew that I could get wrapped up in success or growth or numbers or get really discouraged mm-hmm. by those things too. And there are definitely days that that I do, but In the very beginning, I set sort of this intention that was, if I can just make one person's life better, my work is done. And so it was like, I'm just going to to focus on serving one person, on helping one person, on putting this out there in case it's helpful for one person. And that's really what I come back to, you know, on days when when things feel overwhelming or when I feel discouraged, it's just, okay, what about that one person? And then it's cool because like, then your work is done. Like your work is done yep. so early and then the rest is just extra credit. Well, I'm having to keep that mindset. You know, you said the word I had to set or the phrase I had to set an intention. And I think there's something so powerful about setting intentions because especially now in the world that we live in where we have full access to everything. And for the most part, everyone has full access to us. Like very rarely are we limiting any of that, right? Because we're not setting intentions. And so things get so noisy and you wake up with just like one small doubt and then all these other outlets are feeding your one small doubt and it grows. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, it becomes so big that you're like, I don't know that I can even make a difference for this many people. Mm -hmm. But when you reset your approach, you're like, what if I can do it for just one person though? Because at some point you needed that person to do it for you. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times someone did, like God is kind and he brings someone in and is like, hey, here's someone you need in this season. I'm gonna make sure I attach you to them. What if you're that for someone else? And the thought of losing that opportunity is really what also kind of ignites it back in me on those days of self-doubt where I'm like, I don't know, I kind of want to back out of this at this point. Like, this is a little much. Like, I just, (laughs) I don't want to do it anymore. Um, It's that I, it all started because I wanted that for myself and I couldn't find it. And the thing I value so much about what you do is just the seenness. I think it's easy for people to feel lost and isolated. And I love how specific you are in the way you even write for the moment that someone's living in. What have you learned in these 10 years about really reaching people and making them feel seen, making them feel like they're a part of something? I think it's just like, it it goes back to that idea of be who you needed when you were younger. I think 
There might be a world in which people are trying to make a difference in the lives of people who are very different from them. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a world where that's true. But I think even so, if your you know, goal is to serve, help, assist people who are very different from you, there's still a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are still really common things that we feel as humans. And so even if the demographic that you're, you know, serving in your in your work is different from who you are, there still is something in common there. But I think for most of us, our hearts are drawn towards helping causes that we can understand or helping people that we can understand because we've been there. So for example, if you had a really hard divorce in your family growing up. You know, you're a kid, your parents get divorced, it just rocks your world. Then you automatically have this soft spot for people who are going through that after you. So you'll probably be the person that like your friends will call when they are going through it or you know your your friend will say my niece, my niece's parents are are getting divorced, so can she talk to you? Or you yeah. you end up being kind of that person and and so I think that when we can see what we've been through as our mess gets to be our message. And that's a really, a really powerful thing. When we've been through something hard, when we go through something hard, that experience, if we're paying attention, uniquely equips us to help people who are going to go through that thing later. We get to we get to be that person. And, and I think that most of us, when we look at the things we're passionate about or the causes that we're drawn to or the friends that we're most excited about, uh, encouraging and helping and serving mm-hmm. it's because they're going through something that we've been through and so I think that the way that I've tried to to really meet people and what they're going through is by remembering what it felt like sure and and I think that you know when we go through something it's it is easy to kind of forget to to forget what it felt like to be single and having no prospects on the horizon or to you know be getting your heart broken or to be new at starting something work-wise or to be the new kid at school or to be wanting to get pregnant and having it not work out you know just there we we forget when we move on to the next thing we forget but i think that one of the kindest things we can do for each other is remember what it felt like and and to make an effort to not forget because there will be people who go through that same thing there will be people behind you and if you want to accept sort of the challenge like if you if you want to do that if you want to step into that role you can be just an incredible encouragement for those people you don't have to be but you can be and it's really powerful when you do it also creates such a strong community though too i mean that's like when you choose to share your experience and share your hard season a lot of people will step up and say man i'm in that or i've been there or whatever. And you start to build a stronger community around these shared experiences. But I think so often we think this is just mine and Mm -hmm. no one else can possibly understand. No one else can relate to this. And so we hold it close. And then we're so hungry for community and we're so hungry for that connection and we can't figure out how to do it. And so much of it is, is what you said is like, I walked through this. This was my experience. This is what it was like. And the the people who will come around that, that's what I love about what you're saying is this is the first step of choosing to be open with your experiences on behalf of others and pouring your life out on behalf of others too. Yeah. I just, in every, in every corner, I'm just such a believer that life is better when we do it together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever I'm 
trying to encourage anybody, you know, whether it's online or whether it's a friend, I just really try to start with that, that idea that like, you're not alone. You're not alone. And generally there's no experience that anyone's having that someone else hasn't had. And so there are people who can understand, like really truly understand what you're going through. And because of the internet, we're now able to connect with people who we never would have been able to connect with before that do have our same experiences. Mm -hmm. But either way, like just telling someone that they're not alone even if you can't fully empathize with what with what they're going through you can't be there for them yeah. and i just everything is easier everything mm-hmm. is easier when we do it together the most random question stephanie do you remember what your first blog was about 10 years ago well so it's a little tricky because the way that my blog started actually is i did this year-long humanitarian trip around the world and i they the organization that i went with gave us a blog and said you know we want you to you know, keep track of your travels and keep your family updated. And, you know, we, that was, it was great for marketing for them. So that was really my first blog post. And I think my first blog post was about seasons of transition. And I was transitioning out of this really awesome internship that I had and I was sad to leave it, but I also knew that good things were ahead. And so I think I was talking about that, about how like, it's hard to, like, there's a moment when you have to let go of something and you may be letting it go for the purpose of something better or another great thing mm-hmm. but it's so really sad to let it go and that's yes. that's a really hard thing but yeah, then i think my first i'm sure i think yeah i think that was i think that was my first my first blog post and then i think my first one on my actual blog was about again transitioning into yes. kind of coming home from this big trip in real life after that and what that looks like and so yeah lots of transition talk yeah well it's so funny i was blog. just writing before we got into this interview i was writing for something and it it was about the pain of transition and how we want to avoid pain and how a lot of times that's where the growth is and it feels stagnant and it feels like it shouldn't be this way. Like I should be excited for what's next, but I don't like change. I struggle hugely with any amount of change. And so it's always hard for me, but that transition, those transition points, like how it almost always you look back and it ends up being a huge season of growth yeah. that you didn't feel in the moment. So yeah. I love that. I write more about transition, Stephanie. <laughs> you, well, I will. I will. I'm planning on it. One of the things that you said earlier, you said something about like days that you want to quit what you're doing. And I wanted to mention this and this totally ties in one of my like tricks for my whole life because I'm bad at change too. And I'm really, really brave, like a ways out, like a couple months out or yes. like a year out. I'm like super brave. I will I'm like, give you oh, that. Yes. I yes, will be absolutely I'm, a fan. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm like really bold. I'm really brave. I'm like, I totally can do this. But then as it gets closer, I become just a total wimp. I'm like, yes. don't want to do it. Don't want to leave my bed. Can I bring my teddy bear? Like truly. How can um, I get out of this? Is it too How late? can I get can out I of this? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so, but that's been my trick is signing up for scary things, committing to big, scary things before, like, so well in advance so that I can't back out. And so generally as it's coming up time for me to release a book into the world or start a podcast or, you know, back in the day, like go on a date or whatever. It's like, it is too late for me. I'm having to follow the direction of my brave self that already committed me to this. My wimpy self, like it's too late for her to have a say. So I'm going to feel super wimpy as I go into this, but I'm still going to do it because my brave self made it so that it's like ironclad and I cannot get out. That is so good. I am. I'm the exact same way, Stephanie, where I'm like, it's like six months. Literally, I said yes to something in end of October. And it's not even, we're not even that close to it yet, Stephanie. And I'm like, can I say no? Can I just like, can we, I changed my mind. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to yep. be 
I don't want to be vulnerable to, and it's a control thing for me of like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a, but I was going to say like for, to sign up for a year long humanitarian trip, I would have been terrified. You want to talk about something I want to back out of that would have been the thing. Was it multiple countries or one place? Multiple countries. We went to 11 countries. So we did one country per month for 11 months. How old And 24. Yeah. I think 24. And it was awesome. And But it yeah. really was the kind of thing where like, I found out about this trip and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm interested in this. And I signed up and committed, like committed, committed, probably nine to ten, nine or 10 months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was like, so gung-ho, so excited. And then as it got closer, I started to get like more and more terrified. And I did try to back out at one point and they were like, you can, but you'll lose all your money. And I was like, okay, I guess I I'm still to going. There. Yes. I mean, I like cried my way to the airport. I, I totally, I'm I on the flight. The whole way there. Probably would have cried the whole trip, Stephanie. I am not, it's hard for me to recover. <laughs> it's, I know. I think you could have done it. I think you could have done it, but I definitely, I'm sitting on the first flight going, I hate traveling. Why am I doing this? Which is not true. It's yeah. not true. I love traveling, but it's, I just have like kind of started to learn to not that I, in, in a way, I have like two selves. I have my brave Zing. self and I have my wimpy self. And my wimpy self comes out like the most right before a thing. And I just have to like pat her and like give her a hug and not listen to anything she says. And that's such, the older I get, the more I understand the value of self-awareness of like just understanding what you're going to do, how you're going to respond to something and being able to separate it a little bit and be like, mm-hmm. this is my gut reaction. It's not great. And I know it's going to come. So here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going, I yeah. know I wanted to say yes to this because in that moment, I knew it was beneficial. I knew it was great. So I'm going to remember that person and I'm going to follow. I love how you said, follow your brave self. Like just mm-hmm. whatever your brave self said yes to, mm-hmm. go with that, go in that direction. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like you're doing that like daily, even in the way that you show up and you launch courses and you launch a book that requires a brave self. And a lot of what you do is on behalf of the single woman, which is a really hard season to speak into. Like I, I have great friends who are in their upper twenties, lower thirties, and they're single. And honestly, some days they're just so frustrated. And I feel like the worst person to give advice. Cause all I think of are like cliches that are not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so there's these seasons that I feel like, and I think you said it, even if you can't relate to it, you could still empathize. You could still be there. You can still be present. What are some of those similar seasons that you have walked through that shaped your heart to develop a space for the single season? Yeah. I feel like I had every experience you could have when I was (laughs) single and dating. Like I really did just like buffet style, just try them all. I feel like I dated every kind of guy. I feel like I had every kind of breakup. I feel like I had long seasons of like no one on the horizon. I had seasons where I like dated around a lot. I, I really, I did. I feel like I had just a bazillion experiences in that time and most of them were painful. And so, so I just have such a, a heart for people who are going through those things who are, you know, like have feelings for a really close friend of theirs and are like, I know there's something there. I feel like this is going to turn into something. It has to turn into something, but it isn't. Why? Like unrequited love is just absolutely, or like maybe requited love. Yes. The unknown, the limbo of it all. Oh my gosh. so brutal. Or like going through a really hard breakup. That is, I mean, my life has been shaped, like has taken 
hard left turns, right turns because of moments when I just got my heart crushed. But then also there are a few things in life more discouraging than wanting something and feeling like it's just never going to happen. And you're doing everything that you know to do and nothing's making a difference. And that's how Mm -hmm. being single feels. I think a lot of like a lot. And the thing that's extra hard is that so many people around you are getting the thing that you really want. And sometimes it's like, it feels like this this really unfair cooking experiment because you're putting in the same ingredients, but they're getting better results. Like, why? Mm. So that's really, all of those things gave me just a great empathy for that season. But then also there were some things that I learned in my own life. One of the things that I, I had kind of an epiphany one day, really, while I was single. And I was just like waiting for my husband to show up and just like wishing this season away, wishing it would hurry up, feeling like being single just was the worst and that marriage was just the end all be all. Like I just was putting so much pressure on it. And I had this kind of epiphany that that maybe the best way to to wait, maybe what being faithful with this season looks like, what waiting looks like is actually living this season to the full is like not waiting at all, is is yeah. living. It is living this time of life and, and making it a time of passion and purpose and preparation. And I had just this gut feeling that maybe if I could live this season of my life to the absolute full, that that might be the thing that, that not only led me to the next thing, but also mm-hmm. helped me be ready once it was time. And yeah. that was so true. There are so many yeah. things that I did while I was single, just investing in myself, my relationship with God, my relationship with my friends, like, there were so many things that I did during that season that I am still seeing the benefit of in our marriage years later. Mm. And so um, so all of that kind of combined into the fact that as I started blogging and I'm writing about all kinds of different things, one of the things that people were asking me about the most was singleness and dating because it's where a lot yeah. of my people were and still are. And I love talking about it because I remember it like it was yesterday. I was answering so many emails that finally I, I was kind of getting like swallowed up by them. I just couldn't mm-hmm. keep up. And so I started looking for some resources that might be helpful for the people that I was talking to. And I couldn't find anything that I resonated with. Like mm. anything that would have been that I that I connected with or anything I really felt good about sharing. And so that's when I decided to make something myself. And so that's when I made my my course, Love Your Single Life. And it's crazy. So I've been teaching it for seven years. To, oh, and wow. we've had almost we've had almost seven thousand women go through it. That's amazing. Is, I didn't realize it had it had been going that long. That's it's awesome. been going for a long time. Yeah. It's just crazy how how many women have, have gone through it and it's just a it's a real gift to get to walk to get to walk women through this season of life because it's hard and and really so much of the advice out there is so bad. And so that's really one of the things where I'm like, I can't stop doing this because then like that then it's just like all that's left is just like really bad advice. And I just can't, yeah. I just can't let that happen. I just can't like sleep really if that's the case. <laughs> I have got to help. But even flipping the whole perspective and that's valuable, not even if you're just like waiting in a, your single season, but also just waiting in general because it can paralyze you and you can start to numb it and stop trying to lean towards any sort of growth, any sort of like real experiences. And I mean, we have, plenty of avenues to numb it, right? Like, yes, I'm still watching or let me do because <laughs> I feel like I feel so I've had a hard day. I'm tired of waiting. So I'm just going to scroll endlessly to numb it. I mean, we want to numb that so much because it is uncomfortable. These seasons of waiting, like we talked about, they're 
they're just the worst because you can't feel the growth happening. You can't mm-hmm. feel that something good is happening in those seasons. Yeah. But when you flip your perspective and you say, you know what, I'm not going to just wait. The waiting is living and I'm going, I'm going to do the next right thing that I know I can do today, right now in this moment, and I'm just going to keep going and be mm-hmm. steady in it. That's so valuable to not you just drown in those seasons. That's yeah. that's so good. Mm-hmm. You talked about the bad advice. Stephanie, I have not just bad advice, but zero advice for my friends. Like, I'm just, I think they just stopped asking me because they're like, you're kind of useless to me in this season. <laughs> but what I do want to know is because I love them, I want to know how I can and kind of show up for them? How can I still walk with them when they're in the single season? And they just, when I say I love them, I mean, they still show up for me in such valuable ways that, you know, when you have that kind of relationship, you want to do the same for them. So how do we keep encouraging without trying to give an answer or solve it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, one of the things, I have so many thoughts right now, so I'm going to, like, please forgive me for the word salad that's about to come out. (laughs) So one of the things is when I, I always want to help my friends through things. Mm -hmm. And if there's something that they're going through that I know that I can't really speak to, anytime I can connect them with a a resource that's like better than me, honestly, I try to do that. So that's one thing is just kind of keeping your eyes peeled and being like, hey, this book came across my Instagram feed or I just heard about this podcast episode or I just listened to this or whatever. So that's one thing is, is pointing them towards resources. If they're just being an extra set of eyes for things that might be helpful. I think another thing is do what you can to learn about what they're going through. So listen to podcast episodes that are meant for single women or, or hear from single women or kind of keep a pulse on the things that your friends are going through. This is true for any season. You know, if you are like, you know, years away from ever trying to become a parent, but you have friends who are parents, like Mm -hmm. trying to kind of step in their shoes a little bit and, and, learn a little bit what they might be going through. It just, it'll, it'll help you be a better friend. It'll help you relate to them better. Another thing is, I think we have this idea that we have to be in the same season of life to have anything to offer our friends. And this is different from what you're talking about. But I had a friend who she has known me and my husband both for a very long time. She was there like when we met and we started dating, like she knows both of us individually and as a couple almost better than anybody. And I remember, you know, shortly after we got engaged, I asked her her advice about something about our, you know, I was like, you know, talk, was just talking to her about something I was thinking about, about our relationship. And she was like, I mean, stuff I can't really relate because I'm not engaged. Like I wouldn't know. And I was like, yeah, but you still know both of us really well. And you know, relationships really well and you know, people really well. And so the idea that we have to be that we have to have gone through that specific thing in yes. order to be able to speak into it or that we have to be in that thing right now to speak into it isn't actually true because we do know our friend really well. We know relationships well. We, we have insight even if we haven't necessarily been there. So not discounting ourselves. Sure. But then the, the last thing I would say is um, recently we, I, I was in a conversation with a friend of mine who's single and she was having just a really hard day and something had happened that was really frustrating and it was me and a couple other friends and we all took different approaches to the situation like to to what we said in response to her hard day and one of my friends was like I can't relate and just wanted to kind of leave it there and I wanted to like jump in there and see if I could help and and then yeah. my other friend tried something different and finally I was like 
we, like we were talking about how we responded and and I finally just asked her I said hey what's helpful for you right now like Please. is it more helpful for us to admit the fact that like we don't know what it's like to be in your shoes because we're not in your shoes right now or we haven't been in your exact shoes so like really acknowledging that her that her experience is unique is that helpful or is it more helpful for us to just sit here and just hug you and tell you who you are and how much we love you mm-hmm. or is it more helpful for us to like tell you the things that we've learned even if they were in slightly different scenarios is that more helpful and i think that depending on the person depending on the day they're gonna need different things yeah and so even just like giving them some options or like yes. you know just letting them letting them tell us what they need yeah. is really it's just really helpful and that's something i honestly hadn't thought to do until that moment i was like why sure. didn't i do this sooner yeah, I yeah. and i don't think we ever think about that because or at least i do I always think I need to help someone find a solution. Like if they come to me and they're like, this was very hard or I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, let's figure out a way out of it. Here's, you can do this or try this. And they're like, no, I don't want to do any of that. You know? Well, it's it's hard. And, and I think it's not something that we like intuitively reach yes. for, but I think it's a really great tool. It's something that we can always go to is is what what will be helpful right now and i think throwing out some options is always good too because yeah. especially when you're grieving like if someone goes how can i help you you're like i don't know i don't even know what my name is if or where I my shoes how, are i would do it right yes. right but i think that when it another kind of side thing when it comes to offering solutions and i'm the same way i'm like let's let's find a solution here mm-hmm. one of the things that i've learned from having people do that to me is if we're going to offer solutions, we always need to start with empathy. Mm-hmm. We, because if we don't, if we say, if someone says, this is really hard, and we jump in first to, you should try this, you should try this, you should try this, it can feel, I've felt this way, like if I just was a little smarter, I wouldn't be in this situation. Or if I worked You're just in. a little harder, or like if, yeah, like that there's, that there's like maybe some judgment in the fact yep. that I'm finding myself here. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I always, 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 and I don't do this perfectly, but I always try to start with is that is so hard mm-hmm. and that that is an impossible situation that stinks. I've, I've felt maybe not that exact same thing, but here's another time where I felt like totally discouraged. Mm-hmm. And then generally when I'm trying out when I'm trying to offer options, I'll try to say them in first person. So mm-hmm. I'll say like what I've tried in the past is I tried this and this and this. This one helped. This didn't help so much. Yeah. Like fill in the blank because then it just reminds the person that you're there to help. You're there to help strategize if that's what's helpful for them. And again, we can like ask in advance, but also just acknowledging that this thing is really hard and that it's not easily solvable. Mm. Like when we're going through something hard, we have a, a tender place in our hearts that's wondering if like maybe this is just hard for us or hard just because we're like not yep. good enough. Yeah. And so it like immediately speaks to that and is like, no, this is genuinely hard. It's not because you're not good enough, but here are some things that we can try. And I think that that yeah. just is a, that little like pause in empathy makes all the difference. When you're in those thoughts, I mean, exactly like you said, cause you're at a, vul- a vulnerable point and that brings out insecurities. Like nothing mm-hmm. brings out insecurities, like a vulnerable moment where in your brain just takes off, right? Mm-hmm. Have you been in a season where you are, you look around and you're like, surely someone else have, has walked through this. How do I feel like I'm the only one who's ever been in this moment yeah several what i would say one of them is when you see people 
succeeding in the world at whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. I think that we have assumptions about what their thought life is like. We picture, you know, someone posting online and having all the confidence in the world or like an athlete competing in some way. And we're like, they must never have a doubt about themselves ever. And so we, we see their outside, but we don't we don't hear their inner dialogue. We only hear ours and ours is full of self-doubt. And so I think that there were times where I thought that maybe because I was so afraid that that meant that I genuinely wasn't the girl for the job. What I wish more people would say is that they're scared. They're scared the whole time. But like they are scared walking out onto that field. They're scared pressing publish. They are totally mm. nervous about how this is going to be received. You know, no matter how high you get in life or how far you get or what you achieve, I think you're always scared. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that someone I wish more people would say that because I think when we have those butterflies or when we have those thoughts of self-doubt, and we think no one else has them, we think that that's a bad sign and that that's a sign that we're not cut out for this. It's not. I mm-hmm. think it's just normal. Anytime you're doing something big, you're going to be nervous about it. And that's just how it is. Everyone has the butterflies. That's mm-hmm. not a sign that you should stop. It's a sign that you're that you're normal. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, every time, I mean, if it's a Monday when we're sharing a podcast episode, whether it's an Instagram post, whether it's a the email we send out, every time, Stephanie, I'm like, everyone's going to hate this. Like this uh-huh. is, everyone's going to be like, this is dumb. I mean, yes. those are the thoughts almost every time yep. before I hit send or like you said, publish or whatever. But it's also that reminder of what you said way earlier of just reminding yourself, okay, my brave self knew that this was a good idea. My brave uh-huh. self said, launch the podcast, start the email community, do the, you know, like, so I'm going to yep. go in that direction instead yep. of sitting here and being paralyzed by my wimpy self like yes we come full circle here stephanie look at yes yes like just knowing that your wimpy self is going to show up because the things you're doing are hard and scary and that's very normal Mm -hmm. but it's like a matter of managing your wimpy self Mm -hmm. it's it's not you're not trying to get rid of her she may never ever go away she might get quieter like you might get more um used to certain situations and so she doesn't show up as often in that but she's always going to show up at some point or another mm-hmm. so it's not about getting rid of her it's about managing her and yeah. managing her fear and keeping going anyway mm-hmm. something i used to do and maybe i should do this again was anytime i would be launching something i i started writing myself letters like in advance mm-hmm. so it was like oh, if, that's if so good if the amount of time that something was going to be available was like a week Mm-hmm. or five days or something, I would write myself a letter for Monday when I am like making the announcement and Tuesday when I'm following up on the announcement and Wednesday when it seems like nobody cares. And then there's, you know, just yes. all these things, just reminding myself like a, a letter from my brave self to my wimpy self. And that's, that's, so that's good. really helpful. You should create a whole book of those, Stephanie. I've got your next idea right on the, right on the deck. I know exactly I'm, what it should be. I'm in. I love that. I love that. Pep, pep talks to your... Yeah, talks from your letters brave from self. letters from your brave self to your wimpy self. Like yep. on the days that you feel wimpy, read this letter, and like uh-huh. we divide it up by topics and and felt needs. See, Stephanie, you need to take notes. Stephanie, we're on the. I am. I am. I'm like okay. I'm glad this is recording because we're gonna go back. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so, Stephanie, we end every episode with just one question, and it's my one of my favorite questions we ask. What are you so happy that someone did tell you about? And this can be anything that comes to mind. Okay, I have two. Is that okay? I'm so excited. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. So the first one's a little more serious. The second one is a little more fun. So the first one is, I'm so glad that someone told me that you can go, that it's it's 
a normal available thing to go to counseling after you've had a baby. Mm-hmm. Someone recommended to me, and I wish I would have even gone sooner, but someone told me about like a postpartum therapy center here in Nashville. It's called Ready Nest. It's amazing. But I think that there are, you know, different people who who specialize in this season of life all over the country and all over the world. But someone told me about them. And so I started seeing a counselor like maybe four, six, something like that, six months after my, my girls were born. And I'm so glad because when we're going through a really gigantic change in our lives, it's just, I think it's just too much to do by yourself. And so I'm so glad that someone told me that that was an option, that I didn't feel like I needed to figure that out by myself because I just don't know that I could have. But I would say that that's true for everything. Like if you're going through a breakup right now, it is a very normal, acceptable, healthy, good thing to go to therapy for a breakup or for a job change or just a season of life where you're just feeling kind of funky or for no reason at all. Like you do not need to go through anything by yourself especially big life seasons it is totally okay and a very very good thing to ask for help and so I'm really glad specifically that someone was like yeah people like you can go to therapy like postpartum counseling that is a thing yes and I'm like oh thank god because truly It's it's those seasons of transitions that we talked about like they never rarely do I know anyone I know I literally have one friend and she is one of my best friends who loves transition, like thinks it's amazing and thinks it's awesome. Bless it. Right? I'm like, well, <laughs> and I tell her all the time, like, I need to be more like that, but I'm not. Mm, I can't. Mm-mm. But those transitions, they're hard for everyone. And for someone to normalize it for you and be like, hey, that's really hard. And it's okay to go talk to someone about it. Like, you're going to be yeah. better for talking to someone about it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, yeah, that's what I'm really, I'm really glad that that people told me that. But then in terms of like kind of a smaller, more fun, I a couple years ago was told about a pair of shoes that are cute slippers. They're super comfy and they are, they look like flats, but so you can wear, you can wear them out or you can wear around to your house and just like look cute, but be comfy. I wear them all day, every day. And they're called birdies. And now they have all kinds of different like designs and stuff. They used to just have kind of this like smoking flat style, which is still my favorite, but they have all kinds of different colors and styles and stuff, but they're super comfy. They're slippers and shoes together and they're a little pricey. Oh, I mean, like I'm like a Target shoe buyer, so they're like more than Target. They're like maybe 150 or something, but I'm not kidding. Like I buy probably two pairs a year and I just wear them. All, all the time, all the time. Isn't it funny how you get older and the, your focus shifts to comfort? It's like, oh, I yeah. I just want to be comfortable doing whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so if I have to pay extra for a comfortable shoe, by golly, I will do it every mm-hmm. time. It never yeah. fails. It is. They're just a thousand shoes, percent worth it. You know those Target shoes are never your friend. By like the end of a long day wearing them, mm-hmm. they look cute. They look, Listen, I've got my eye on a pair of white boots from Target right now. Yeah, but you know you're going to regret it by the end of the day. Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. I'll wear them all day for something, and I will be miserable by the end of the day. It's Uh so true. It's so Uh true. Well, Stephanie, before I let you go, make sure we know where to find you. Also, like how we can access your Love Your Single Life course, all of that good stuff that I know you're offering. How can people find you and get into it? Oh, thanks. Okay, so my website is stephaniemaywilson.com, and it's M-A-Y, like the month, stephaniemaywilson.com, and everything is there. Everything's connected there. My Love Your Single Life course, my podcast, it's called Girls Night, my Instagram's connected there, my bookstore, just everything is all that sort of like Grand Central Station. Just, yes, love yes. It. I love um, it. That's And I will say, if you are 
walking through a single season, your landing page, like your your main home page, what you wrote is so good on there. I mean, you have a whole rundown on that page and you walk through like all the feelings, all the what you're struggling through, what your thoughts might be. It's just mm. so valuable. So that alone, just going to the to the home page alone, well, you'll be better for doing that. So I can't Thank I can't you. encourage that enough. <laughs> that is that's so encouraging. That's so encouraging. I really appreciate it. I love I love this season of life. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard one, but like you said with transitions, it's like I grew and changed and experienced more while I was single than probably any other time in my life. Like it was just, it was a season of becoming mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm so much better because I like dug into it and like, I didn't do that right away. You know, I didn't do that all the time, but I did eventually yep. and yep. everything is better because of it. I love it. Stephanie, thank you so much for jumping on here. We're all going to be waiting for letters to your 1B self. That has to be Seriously. We're going to be on the I'm in. I'm in. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. Bye.